A. They are absolutely inverted, i.e. their sexual object must be always of the same sex, while the opposite sex can never be to them an object of sexual longing, but leaves them indifferent or may even evoke sexual repugnance. As men they are unable, on account of this repugnance, to perform the normal sexual act, or miss all pleasure in its performance. B. They are amphigenously inverted, psychosexually hermaphroditic, i.e. their sexual object may belong indifferently to either the same sex or to the other sex. The inversion lacks the character of exclusiveness. C. They are occasionally inverted, i.e. under certain external conditions, chief among which are the inaccessibility of the normal sexual object and initiation, they are able to take as the sexual object a person of the same sex and thus find sexual gratification. The inverted also manifest a manifold behaviour in their judgment about the peculiarities of their sexual impulse. Some take the inversion as a matter of course, just as the normal person does regarding his libido, firmly demanding the same rights as the normal. Others, however, strive against the fact of their inversion and perceive in it a morbid compulsion. Footnote. Such a striving against the compulsion to inversion favours cures by suggestion or psychoanalysis. End of footnote. Other variations concern the relations of time. The characteristics of the inversion in any individual may date back as far as his memory goes, or they may become manifest to him at a definite period before or after puberty. Footnote. Many have justly emphasized the fact that the autobiographic statements of inverts as to the time of the appearance of their tendency to inversion are untrustworthy, as they may have repressed from memory any evidences of heterosexual feelings. Psychoanalysis has confirmed this suspicion in all cases of inversion accessible, and has decidedly changed their anamnesis by filling up the infantile amnesias. End of footnote. The character is either retained throughout life, or it occasionally recedes or represents an episode on the road to normal development. A periodical fluctuation between the normal and the inverted sexual object has also been observed. Of special interest are those cases in which the libido changes, taking on the character of inversion after a painful experience with the normal sexual object. These different categories of variation generally exist independently of one another. In the most extreme cases, it can regularly be assumed that the inversion has existed at all times, and that the person feels contented with his peculiar state. Many authors will hesitate to gather into a unit all the cases enumerated here, and will prefer to emphasize the differences rather than the common characters of these groups, a view which corresponds with their preferred judgment of inversions. But no matter what divisions may be set up, 
It cannot be overlooked that all transitions are abundantly met with, so that the formation of a series would seem to impose itself. Conception of Inversion The first attention bestowed upon inversion gave rise to the conception that it was a congenital sign of nervous degeneration. This harmonized with the fact that doctors first met it among the nervous, or among persons giving such an impression. There are two elements which should be considered independently in this conception, the congenitality and the degeneration. Degeneration This term, degeneration, is open to the objections which may be urged against the promiscuous use of this word in general. It has, in fact, become customary to designate all morbid manifestations not of traumatic or infectious origin as degenerative.